the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live. It's the five o'clock hour of Bob Bernie Live, and it is my distinct honor and privilege to welcome you. Thank you for allowing me to be your host. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Speaking of me being your host, if uh, you know folks down in the Tampa, Florida area, uh, we're going to be simulcasting uh, all of the week between Christmas and New Year with our sister station, WTBN, down in Tampa, uh, in between Christmas and uh, New Year. The talk show host down there is going to be taking some time off, and uh, I will have the privilege of doing his program, my program. We we do that occasionally with Tampa. We do it occasionally with um, Washington, D.C. We have done it with uh, our sister station in Seattle, although that's been some time ago. Uh, but anyway, if you have friends down in the Tampa area, you might alert them. Uh, that will be on in Tampa the week between uh, Christmas and and New Year. Well, this is interesting, and it's one of those things where, where I looked at it and said, "Do we really need this?" And I guess I guess we do. Here's a headline: GOP congressman introduces resolution affirming the right to display. Christmas symbols. My first question, why do we need this? This is America. We have a constitution. What do you mean to affirm the right to display Christmas symbols? Well, the way our country is going, we were talking a little earlier about wokeness and the left, and I support this. I can't believe we need it, but I support it. A Colorado congressman introduced a resolution yesterday in the House of Representatives affirming that the symbols and traditions of Christmas should be protected. Republican Representative Doug Lamborn noted in his resolution that the First Amendment was not intended to prohibit God and religion from civic discourse. The resolution had at least 39 co-sponsors as of last night, including House Republican Whip Steve Scalise from Louisiana and Jim Bakes of Indiana and Matt Getz of Florida. The resolution is predicated on the idea, quote, the framers intended that the First Amendment to the Constitution in prohibiting the establishment of religion would not prohibit any mention of religion or reference to God in civic dialogue according to the bill's text. 
In addition to recognizing the importance of the symbols and traditions of Christmas, the bill also, quote, strongly disapproves of attempts to ban references to Christmas and expresses support for the use of these symbols and traditions by those who celebrate Christmas. Uh, The sponsor of the bill said, Christmas is a wonderful time of year spent with family and loved ones. It is also a time for remembrance and reflection on the birth of our humble Savior, Jesus Christ. It is a season filled with gratitude and joy. This resolution would defend the religious liberties of all Americans. I urge its immediate passage to protect and preserve the true meaning and spirit of Christmas. Um, You know what? I don't think it'll pass. It should. I mean, talk about a slam dunk. I, I, I don't think it'll pass. Uh, we will see. Because of a gross, gross, gross misunderstanding of this whole thing about separation of church and state. You and I have not talked about this for quite some time, so maybe maybe it's time for a little civics lesson, okay? Number one, the phrase separation of church and state is nowhere in the Constitution. I really believe that if you were to go down to Broaden High Street in Columbus and just ask the first 100 people that walk by, uh, are the words separation of church and state in the Constitution, I would imagine that at least 80 of those 100 would say, wait, of course. Everybody knows that. Of course, separation of church and state is in the Constitution. Of course, it's one of the most important aspects of the Constitution, separation of church and state. Wrong. It is not in the Constitution. Then where did it come from? Well, again, a little civics lesson. A group of Baptists, yeah, Baptists in Danbury, Connecticut, were concerned about some of the wording of the Constitution. Now, they had come to America because they, well, they left England because of severe persecution. You had to be a part of the Church of England. And the head of the Church of England was the king. You couldn't buy, you couldn't sell, you couldn't do anything unless you were a member of the Church of England. It was the official state church of Great Britain. And that's one of the reasons why many of the folks came from Great Britain to America to be free of that, a state religion. Well, the Danbury, Connecticut Baptists wanted to make sure that no language in the Constitution would allow a state church to be established like the one they fled from in Great Britain. So they wrote a letter to Thomas Jefferson. Now, again, remember, this is in the development of the U.S. government, the development of the Constitution, and so forth. So they wrote a letter to Thomas Jefferson expressing their concern. Thomas Jefferson responded in a lengthy letter, and if you want to read the letter, you can pull it up on the web. He responded with a lengthy letter, and he basically said, You don't have to worry. 
We will never allow a state church in America. In fact, we are going to put such wording in the Constitution that we will establish a wall of separation between church and state. That's where that phrase came from. In one letter from Thomas Jefferson to a group of Baptists in Danbury, Connecticut. And here is what Thomas Jefferson was saying. The government will not interfere with the church. We're going to put up a wall. We will never tell you what to teach, what to preach. We will never tell you what kind of form of government to have in your church. Uh, We will never interfere with your fundraising, with your finances. We will stay out of what you are doing. We will not interfere. Don't worry. So the wall of separation of church and state was a wall to keep the government out of the church. Are you with me on that? And if you don't believe me, please, please, please check it out for yourself. Read the letter. Read the correspondence. There were several letters back and forth between those Baptists in Connecticut and Thomas Jefferson. Now, through the years, the liberal left has reinterpreted that And they have interpreted it to mean the church can have no impact on government. That was not the intention. It was to keep the government out of the church, not the church out of government. Now, how do I know that? Well, after the Constitution was ratified and became the governing document of America, church services were held in the Supreme Court building. For years, Sunday, church services were in a government building. Supreme Court. Church services were held in the chambers of the House of Representatives for many, many years. So to try to say that our founding fathers did not want any church influence on the government is ludicrous. That's why we have a chaplain in the Senate. We have a chaplain in the House. That's why the Supreme Court of the United States begins with a prayer every day. The wall was to keep government out of the church, not the church out of government. But the leftists have turned that upside down, inside out, and they have caused it to mean exactly the opposite of what our Founding Fathers meant. And so um, we have come to a place now where a uh, Republican representative feels it is necessary to actually pass legislation to give Americans the right to celebrate Christmas. Um, It would cause our founding fathers, all of them, to spin in their graves. But I suppose it's needed. As I said, the liberal left has control of Congress. Should pass easily. It probably won't.
This is Bob Bernie Live. Right, now this is this is comical. This is funny. If you were listening earlier, I uh, brought you the story of San Francisco Mayor London Breed, a far, 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 far left mayor, uh, full of wokeness. In fact, she has been the queen of wokeness, right at the head of the movement to defund police. Uh, to uh, decriminalize shoplifting. We can't, we can't arrest shoplifters. Well, they're just trying to provide for their family. How could we possibly arrest them and punish them? Uh, really? Does their family really need a $3,000 watch? Or a uh, $600 Louis Vuitton bag? Well, maybe they do. Maybe, you know, we don't know. We we can't arrest them. That whole leftist thing. The people of San Francisco are fed up. As I've told you before, 60% of the people who live in San Francisco either are planning on moving or want to. They're tired of it. They're sick of it. They're tired of the left's wokeness. Well, The mayor of San Francisco finally said, I've had enough of this. We're going to get tough. We're going to hire more police. We're going to start arresting people. We're going to put people in jail. We're not going to put up with this anymore. We're getting tough. Eh. Well, you have the queen of wokeness on the left saying, you know what? Maybe it's the criminal's fault. And not ours. Then we have the White House. The the battle among themselves on the left is kind of entertaining to watch. Here is a headline. White House refuses to admit that soft-on-crime prosecutors lead to spikes in crime. So you have the mayor of San Francisco saying... Well, she didn't say we were wrong. She just said we're going to we're going to change direction. We're going to start prosecuting people. A reporter asked Jen Psaki, the press secretary for Joe Biden, a uh, member of the press said, "Quote, do you think it's possible that big cities are dealing with these smash and grab robberies right now and increase in criminal activities becomes because some prosecutors are too soft on crime? Well, you got the mayor of San Francisco basically saying, yeah, we've been too soft. We're going to get tough. Here is the response from the White House, the official response from the White House. Now, let me again read you the question, and then I'll read you the answer from the White House. Do you think it's possible that big cities are dealing with these smash-and-grab robbies right now An increase in criminal activities because some prosecutors are too soft on crime. Answer. I would say we have seen, I'm not going to attribute the reasoning from here. What I will tell you is we have seen an increase in crime over the course 
of the pandemic. There are a range of reasons for that, and what our focus is on what we can do to address it. Is there any answer in that? Did she answer the question? Let me read it to you again, and you look for the answer to the question. Determine for yourself whether she actually answered. She said, I would say we have seen, I'm not going to attribute the reasoning from here, what what I will tell you is that we have seen an increase in crime over the course of the pandemic. There are a range of reasons for that, and what our focus is on is what we can do to address it. Mm-hmm. So, the problem is not the criminal. The problem is not the prosecutors. The problem is not the government. Here is the problem. COVID. Yeah, COVID was the root cause. The liberal left always has to find something to blame society's ills on rather than their policies. For years and years and years, we've been told poverty. Poverty is the reason for crime. Poverty is the reason for crime. If we didn't have poverty, we wouldn't have crime. So give people a lot of money. Give them welfare, give them handouts, keep giving them more and more money. And if they have money, they won't do crime because poverty is the cause of crime. Now, here's the problem. You can go to dozens and dozens and dozens of countries around the world where the absolute poorest American would be rich in most of that country. Let me repeat that. The poorest American would be considered rich in many countries of the world. They are far poorer than any American. Any American. And yet, they don't involve themselves in crime. Because the culture does not encourage it or accept it like our culture does. So we have a few woke individuals that are beginning to wake up. Uh, The president in the White House is not among them, sadly. All right, we'll be back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.